Hold on. There we go. Boom. Revolutionaries was good. Today's episode is brought to you by the Rogue Media Group, which is a veteran-led integrative marketing agency with affiliated networks that reach nearly 1 million multicultural professionals, business owners, and public policymakers. RMG, as it's affectionately known, was founded in 2013 by my dude, Maximilian Hamilton, and has grown from a single offering to a multifaceted media company that offers everything from media planning and buying to written content development, sponsorship consulting, and conference development, as well as digital marketing, custom video, DEI strategy, personal branding, and speaker sourcing. RMG's signature program, one that I was able to MC last year, is the fifth annual Fuel, the Ultimate Men's Summit. It will take place this year in November, the 9th through the 12th, 2023, in Houston, Texas. The annual summit is a gathering of 500 plus CEOs, professionals, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. Participants will explore and discuss advancing the mobility of black professionals, entrepreneurs, and business leaders. The summit will include a golf outing, panel discussions, keynotes, breakout sessions, and awards recognition, and guess this, a celebration of hip hop's 50th anniversary. To learn more about RMG and Fuel, the Ultimate Men's Summit, visit www.roguemg.com. And now, let's get ready for the show. B. Keith Fulton, or affectionately known as BK. What's the revolution? So one of the things, people will see you on the path and they'll say, well, you can't be having any fun because I never see you at the club. And then what you have to remember is that, wait a minute, look at my life. Look at these, this nice stuff, but look at this experience. Look at where I am. Look at my beautiful bride or my beautiful partner. I'm having a lot of fun. And by the way, I never see you at the bank. And by the way, I never see you at the bank. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. A show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. Where people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporal. What's good, revolutionaries? I hope all is well. And as you know, I'm going to ask you, what are you doing to find and answer what we think is the most thought-provoking question of your life? What's your revolution? And how are you fulfilling that revolution each and every day of your life? And we are excited, always excited to make sure that you have content and information and knowledge and tidbits and strategies that are going to help you fulfill that. And I'm always fortunate you as revolutionaries always ask me like how do you find these people like how do you find these people like who do you know like who are you dr corpro and as i say i am just a human on this earth making my way right doing the things that i thought i should be doing in this life bringing people together to find community and then allowing that community to educate the masses and it is interesting and i gotta say this is interesting when you go out in the world and start asking questions how can I do this? 
where can I do this? And who should I be doing this with? And those questions have allowed me to meet so many people in my life. And as you know, I talk about my beloved Camelback all the time and my love for entrepreneurs and my love for investment, my love for seeing folks that look like me being able to thrive. And I weave all of that tapestry of saying, and this is how I got to meet my guest today, B. Keith Fulton, or affectionately known as BK. He is a luminary. We're going to tell his story today, but I got to meet him through through really questioning, how can I be of service to other folks? And this point, this person pointed me to this person and this person pointed me to another person. And all of a sudden I'm sitting in a room with Jim Franklin, Jim Franklin and BK Fulton and revolutionaries. I want you to go out. I want you to Google right now as you're listening, BK Fulton, and you're going to see pages and pages and pages of information about my guest today. But I want to introduce and welcome to the What's Your Revolution show, my friend, my new friend, BK Fulton. BK, what's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, I appreciate that. I receive all of that. Uh, (laughs) I'm doing fantastic and continuously improving. Uh, Every day I wake up on the right side of the dirt, it's a good day. Mm, mm, I love that. I I, I love it. The right right side of the dirt. Um, And it's interesting. We're going to talk about how we get our hands dirty these these days. But waking up on the right side of the dirt is even more uh, these days post-pandemic and what that means for us that find ourselves right now on the right side of the dirt. And actually, what are we doing to make the most purposeful means of our time? I think that is so important. How do we find and make sure that we are working in purpose with folks in community. And so I love you saying that. I want to I, I just start because I think it's interesting. I know you, right? I know you. And so I think it's quite easy to get lost. But there's a story that I think I want my revolutionaries to hear very, very quickly and very, very early. Who is BK Fulton? Who is BK? <laughs> Hey, look, I, I'm just a brother out here, a uh, country boy trying to make my way in the big city um, from Hampton, Virginia. Uh, my parents are educators. Uh, we're working class generally, uh, come from a legacy of teachers, preachers and servicemen. Mm. And um, I uh, was an inquisitive child and my parents encouraged that I grew up with two sisters. I was in the middle, had one older, one younger. The younger sister had special needs. And so early on, uh, my life was shaped by protecting her and looking out for her. Right. And I had no idea that, that, you know, sibling love Mm. would shape the creative and the leader that I would become because although she couldn't walk or talk as we would normally expect. She made sounds when she was hungry or made sounds when she needed to relieve herself. And if you paid attention, she, you could communicate with her. And, um, that looking closer has paid big dividends as I've gone into the corporate world and now into the entrepreneurial world. I see things from angles that people don't see. Yeah. Uh, my parents have outlived a lot of their friends because of the gift of my little sister and having to care for her. So them mm. feeling needed 
Yeah. You know, after they retired, mm-hmm. they were still needed by my sister. She's outlived the life expectancy of a little girl with Rett syndrome by, you know, 20, 30 years. Wow. And, wow. Um, and, and I attribute my parents' state of health to you know, looking out for her. I attribute my sensibilities, the mother wit that's in an otherwise alpha male to this little girl mm. who needed us to look out for the, for her. You know, it, it, it's like, you know, I'm one of those brothers. So you, you start out and you, you know, family is, is the revolution, right? And our families. And then as you get wiser and more capable, you expand the, radius, uh, the, 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 the geography of what you consider your family. So it starts with um, the nuclear family, then goes to your community, your neighbors, then goes to your village. And then at some point you draw a big giant circle around the masses. And at times you'll risk everything for them. Yes. And I feel like I've, I've reached that point where mm-hmm. now I'm in alignment with my assignment and I know how to do things to pour love and grace and mm. and to leverage our tradition of allies and excellence into our people. So I'm that brother. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to that. Listen to that, revolutionaries, as you think about this, that we say this all the time on this show, PK, is that your revolution is not just for you. And oftentimes... Right. When we think about who's in front of us or who's beside us and who's behind us, why we are fighting the lives that we're fighting, BK, oftentimes it's for someone else. Mm. And to think about to think about what love looks like, right? And we have this traditional notion of love, right? This traditional notion of love and thinking about your sister's love towards you. That conversation around that, your sister's love towards you. And although her means of communication is different, it's still, right, that motivation is there. How can I be of service and servant to you? Because I know that undoubtedly you love me. And think about that. And I I love what you said with um, that with your parents, that being caregivers, it is very interesting because my mother and I are struggling right now with with this understanding of who's the caregiver. (laughs) Moms will do that. You know, who's struggling at this point in time, my friend, about who's the, who's the caregiver. And what I found, and I'm going to say this, and what I found is that when the roles shift, when the child Mm -hmm. becomes the caregiver and the parent becomes the child, um, Mm -hmm. We get to see some of the arduous nature of parenting, but we also get to see some of the joy of, of, of giving love and care to those. And I think that that is such a rich thing because it then, I think what I'm trying to say, BK, is that most likely that your, your love and care for your sister humbled you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I mean, I think, uh, I tell people, you know, sometimes people want you to crystallize your life down into a few ideas or phrases. And so what I often tell them is that love is the secret ingredient and that when we all bring the best version of ourselves, it resolves in love. Mm. And so when we do that, 
we accelerate the cures for cancers. We accelerate the cures for ALS or Alzheimer's or the isms that pull us down. And I think um, I'm excited when people demonstrate that love and aren't ashamed at, you know, checking in on a brother or their sister mm-hmm. or uh, sometimes people that you don't know. We have to care for this world if we want the planet to take care of us. We all share the same rock. We're warm by the same suns. We dip in the same oceans. And so it is ours. It is not ours to own. It is ours to borrow for a little yeah. while. And hopefully we give something back that adds value, that lifts. Yes. And yes. and we have to come into synchronicity with our ability to do that. One of the things that I feel like I've done, you know, almost hitting 60 is that mm. I've learned to, uh, to leverage the stories of our ancestors, my training, mm. And, you know, I spent my first 50 years doing what I was trained to do. And now I get to spend the rest of my life doing what God made me to do. And that's to tell the stories of how we got here. Because a lot of people don't always appreciate the stories that come from our community, yes. especially, especially the ones where we're winning. We often, we've gotten prolific at telling the stories when we've faced challenges. But the, the medicine is making sure our children in particular know how we responded to those challenges. What do we do in the face of evil? What do we do in the face of difficulty? Because that's the thing that allows you to rebuild, to carry forward. When I would uh, read about ancestors that survived the the Tulsa race riot, um, and they said, what do you want the young people to learn? Unequivocally, they say that we rebuilt. That we rebuilt. They didn't say they dropped bombs on us, they took our stuff. They said that we rebuilt. Um, you know, uh, too many of our young people are unaware of the accomplishments of men and women who look just like them. But the irony is that's where the love is. That's where the power is when you hear them stories. Because if, 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 if granddad could do it or, or the neighbor down the street or somebody that relates to me, or went to my same high school or college or what have you, if they can do it, you can do it. And, you know, to, to try to simplify it, in life, there are mirrors and windows. Early on, it's particularly important to have the, the these these mirrors. So, so what you see on TV or on movies or hear in radio or read in books, and do they validate your existence? Yeah. Yes. And tell you that you can be somebody, and that's how you figure out your place in the world. Then, as you as you get confident in that, mm-hmm. then you're looking out a window to yeah. some other other person's lives, another human being. And you're able to say, because they did it and they're a human being, I'm a human being. I can do it too. I can do but it. If too. you don't get those sufficient mirrors, then if you, when you get that big job and you're the only one in there to look like you, you're saying, well, do I belong? Imposter mm. syndrome and things mm. like that can sink in. And so instead what we have to do is tell our young people who they are before the world tells them who yeah. they are not. Yeah, Exactly. Brother, you, you are preaching and I need to tell my revolutionaries, right? You know, in, in my excitement because I've got this, this person on my show, right? Like I can hear them in my ear. Like, wait a minute. He sounds like, yeah, he does. BK Fulton <laughs> is also the CEO of Solidify. And what he just told you in, in his synopsis of stories is that 
it is a media company. It, it is one of the one of the top notch media companies in the country. And what that company does is that it tells those stories, right? Those stories that he just talked about. Yeah. It illuminates those stories out into the world, so we can see what was going on when we could win, right? And like you said, right, if, if we're looking at the mission and vision and purpose of Solidify, it is to make sure that our stories are told, that they aren't anti-woke here. Yes, Governor DeSantis, I want to let you know that we're talking about <laughs> you, right? That slaves, excuse me, and I know when that, whenever this airs, that slaves, did, you know, <laughs> didn't benefit from slavery because you don't right. want to talk about, you want to whitewash all that, but we're not here for all of that. But what BK is doing is telling the stories of how we win. And that is a very, very beautiful thing. So I want to drop down there for a second, right? Okay. Uh, I want to drop down there because I want you to talk about Solidify. And, and, and what was the impetus for you? We're going to get back to something that I thought we were going to talk about early, but I want to drop down on this right now. Okay. Talk about the impetus for Solidify and how Solidify is making an impact for us, right? For us sure. now. Sure, sure. So when I retired from running the a little phone company called Verizon, oh, I, um, <laughs> I, I hadn't fully decided what I was going to do. I just knew God wasn't done with me yet. Hmm. And I knew I wanted to impact young people um, and get to them before they started giving up or before they decided that certain pursuits and high business or technology or what have you before they believed that 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 wasn't them, that they were going to work for somebody instead of work for themselves. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the young people uh, I kept coming across, they were doing video games, watching movies, doing stuff involving video. And so I was like, okay, okay. So they're being influenced by these people on screens or these images or these experiences that involve a screen. So if I can control the image that I might be able to pour into them in the same way, reading about stories of my ancestors poured into me. Mm -hmm. Cause see, when I was a young engineering student flunking out of engineering school at Virginia tech, I went to the library to plan my escape and brother, it was divine. I ended up in the E-185 section. And in any uh, Dewey Decimal System in the country, the E-185 section is the mm-hmm. section on on us. And I went in there. So in the whole big library, that's where I ended up. So I'm going in there to figure out how to leave. And I read stuff that made me stay. Mm-hmm. I pick up a book about Lewis Latimer. I'm now on yes. Lewis Latimer's board. That brother, family's from Norfolk. He was the guy that invented the carbon filament for the light bulb. Exactly. The very exactly. first book on incandescence in the world, Lewis Latimer, the projects to light New York, Philadelphia, London, uh, Montreal, all headed by Lewis Latimer. And we hardly even give him a mention when we talk about the light bulb. Light bulb. But I read that. I was like, oh my God. Um, and uh, I read about Granville T. Woods. He uh, invented the electric third rail that powers the New York yes. subway and others yes. to this day yes. sold the patent to general electric in 1901, you know, Garrett Morgan sold a stoplight patent to general electric for $40,000. Yeah, actually general electric probably owes us some reparations or something. Cause a lot of, <laughs> yeah, a lot of their yeah. major uh, intellectual property was created by not only black folk, but black men. In yeah. fact, the found, yes. some of the founding papers and documents from Lewis Latimer became the, 
the foundational companies for General Electric. A lot of people don't know that. And so when you start knowing that, all of a sudden a light comes on, power comes into you, that love, and you say, okay, I went from the probations list at Tech to the dean's list Mm -hmm. to the board of directors where they're flying me in a jet to govern the school. And largely because I shifted and I started taking in the right information. It's like if your knee hurt and they give you eye drops, that ain't going to help your knee. <laughs> okay. And so I was in a place of higher learning, mm-hmm. but they weren't feeding me the stuff that I needed as a young African-American man. I had to go right. find that myself. And then when I got that, whatever they yeah. came at me with was, was nothing. It was easy. And, and so for me, when I think you mentioned DeSantis and some of these other crazy people trying to erase our history, that's the actual medicine we need to wake up more people, but not in this crazy sense that they're talking about it. I'm talking about coming into alignment with your assignment, knowing who you are, who you are supposed to be, and having the confidence to act on it. God blesses all of us to turn our dreams and ideas into their tangible equivalents. Yeah. But you have to have the faith, be willing to do the work, and expect the outcome. Expect, At the yeah. end of the day, you mm. cannot avoid the work. Mm. I remember the. I remember you saying that to me. Now I, I, I'm glad that that has been reiterated. Right? You have to have faith. You have to do the work, and you have to expect the outcome. And what what I also heard in this revolutionaries is that, you know, for someone who has a degree in history, my first degree is in history. You know, with with a concentration in Black Studies, and. To think, of, to think about the historical nature of what our ancestors have built and to think about, right, I, I know this is, this is not a political show, to have people begin to whitewash, to, 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 to whitewash our history. As you said, the luminaries who have been able to then build, build, build the things, right, a generation of builders that curated a life for Americans and, and, and global citizens for black men to think to, to think about that right and how can you not bk how can you not read this and say my ancestors built things right on the backs right on the backs governor DeSantis, of our people right the cotton fields were plowed the cotton gin right don't get the historians the historians started in here thinking about how 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 this transfer of wealth, right, began with the cotton gin and picking cotton and the slave owners, right, voting and three-fifths don't get me started. Revolutionaries, you know I can get on my pedestal, on my, uh-uh. my notebox uh, every, yeah, every, every now and then. <laughs> but thinking about that, reading our history, sitting down and digesting our history, how can you not be motivated to go out in this world to plan your path. And I want to, I want to dive into that once I say that to plan your path in life. What I heard BK is that you are, I'm going to, I'm going to say this affectionately. You are a floundering student at Virginia tech, (laughs) a floundering student at Virginia tech who turned himself around after reading the, after reading the stories of our ancestors from a floundering student to a stellar, stellar dean's list student to now if i if i heard that correctly 
they flying you out on the jet. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> right, right. you're on the board of directors. You know right. what I'm saying? And so right. the revolution right there happened in those stacks. Yeah. E-185, my dear brother, right? The revolution happened where a, a, a young man said, hmm, I was planning my exit. Now I'm planning my revolution. Right. Now I'm planning right. my way. I'm I'm making this plan about what are the what are the data points? What are the what are the stops that I want to make on my journey? Where do I want to be at 25, 27, 35, 40, 45, 49, 49 and 348 if I'm or what you said. You yeah. know, so talk about that because sitting there in those stacks, right? If you read revolutionaries, the the biography, the litany of of, of tales written about BK Fulton, you will understand that <laughs> he talks he talks ex, you know to an extent about his journey about the plan, and I think that's yeah. important, BK. I think that's important. It, it, it is. It, it's it's very important. So so before I jump into the plan, let me just say this. So. The reason that I feel so empowered is I've learned to manifest. I've gotten out of my own way. Mm. And now I've, I feel like I've become a bit of a vessel for good, a vessel for God, a vessel mm. for our salvation, a vessel for love. I think that uh, it's accessible to all of us. In fact, uh, our greatest accomplishments lie on the other side of our fears. And when people make policy or, or, or move based on fears, they do things like take away your right to vote, uh, reduce women's rights, um, try to erase people's history. They increase access to guns. But I'm like, wait a minute, you're telling me we're trying to heal a nation that's willing to tell our young people that they're strong enough for weapons, but too weak for words. Mm. Please make it make sense. <laughs> what I realize is people that promulgate these policies that's out of fear, they're they don't have the information that we have. They are uh they've been given a propaganda that tells them it's a zero sum game and you and I have to lose for their children to win. Yeah. And what we have learned and we get exposed to is that the world is expansive, the universe is is friendly. God has a sense of humor. And when you do everything you know how to do, your faith, tradition, God, ancestors, everything else shows up. Mm. And it helps you to do the righteous things. And men and women of faith have to stay in that lane. We can't despair. Um, it's easy to get worried. It's easy, I guess, to, to take the stuff we, 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 we've learned and then to go forward and just be down for self. But sometimes you got to unlearn some of that stuff because it's a lot, a lot of it's driven by fear. And once you come into the school of love, then you see how big this thing called mm. life is yes. and what you're, and you begin to fall into your responsibility of paying it forward. And, and I'm going to say this, it sounds controversial at first, but it's not really, you know, each one teach one is what people say. I tell them, no, nah, no, nah, I don't like that. If you don't like each one teach one. I was like, nope. I was like, each one teach as many as you can. As you can. If I just teach one, when I go, we got one left. That's flat. That's not growth. Yeah. But if I can get a hundred, a thousand, <laughs> a million, then also when I go, it's 99 left. 
you know, so they try to bury me. They know we were seed. Mm. And we keep sprouting up. We keep we growing. Go. There it is. So for so for me, um, after getting that enrichment through the stories of our ancestors, I sat down and wrote a sixty year plan when mm. I was I don't know, twenty twenty one, and I basically took the stories of four people that I respected. And I isolated the common denominators of their experience. And I let that be my plan. I said, I'm going to do what they did. And I figure if I do what they did, then I should be all right. (laughs) And as I got more mature and got more interested in particular topics, then I would add to that plan. Mm. And so my four people were uh, um, Ron Brown, Vernon Jordan, Dick Parsons, and Marianne Sprague. All of them had law degrees, so I also have a law degree. All of them worked in the Northeast at some point, so I worked in the Northeast at some point. All of them had some civil rights connections, so I worked at the National Urban League for a minute. And um, and part of my plan was to retire at 50 years old so I could do the work that I was really supposed to do. Mm. And I retired at 49 years, 348 days. But writing that plan down, what it does for, for you is when uh, your life is dynamic. So when things pop up, if it's something you ask yourself, does it help my plan? Does it advance my plan? Mm-hmm. If the answer is no, you don't do it. If the answer is yes, you consider it. You don't do everything that comes in front of you. You got to turn down some stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we only go 24 hours in a day. That's some people. You're not, a, you're not a part of my plan. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, uh, there, there's a reason that some people in your past didn't make it into your future. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. You're the captain of your, of, of, of your vessel called you, and you have to uh, promote, hire, and fire accordingly. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> for, and so for me, you know, as I as the CEO of my vessel, I knew that I had to find brothers like you and Jim and Ralph and other cats to help us because if your plan doesn't require help, it's not big enough. So many And times. one of the most courageous things any of us will ever do is ask for help. Yeah. And because that, that means you got to be vulnerable. You got to trust. Yes. You have to, 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 to do the stuff you've been talking about or reading about. And the crazy thing is once you lay out that plan, I had my success plan. I went through it and the, the 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 more and more was revealed to me and I stepped into my own power and yeah. what I was capable of. So then when I said, okay, these young people on all these screens, I think I'm going to make a movie company and I think I'll make a media company. I'm going to invest in projects, videos and Broadway shows and, and, and leave a digital legacy of uplift. And what's interesting is our ancestors have done it before. One of the very first film companies ever created was the Frederick Douglass Film Company, formed in 1915. A lot of times people get it wrong and they say 1916. I'm a lawyer. The incorporation papers <laughs> say 1915. Yeah, I love it. I and, love it. And, and, and it was created in response, direct response to Birth of a Nation, first film shown in the White House. Right. You know, and but it was a it was a it was a cowardly negative portrayal of our people. We come from a, a legacy of allies mm. and excellence. Kings and queens. It, it, in spite of the barriers put up against us, 
we still overcame. We still work together. We don't get to do this show. We don't get to walk in the circles we get to walk in without a lot of good people doing work and coming together and saying, enough. Let's keep going. We're going to sacrifice it all for children we might not ever meet. Mm-hmm. You know, And so I've committed my life to building pools I may never swim in. But you have to do the work. People always sometimes talk to me, well, it's so hard right now. I'm like, hard right now? You have citizenship. You've got education. You've got loot. Ain't nobody barking no orders at you. Our ancestors, in my view, had it super hard then. And now it's hard. Right. So this might be racism light. I ain't saying it's not there and not real. But if you're saying this is the impediment, to the zenith of your potential, then you need to read more. You are mistaken. <laughs> you're making you, you're making excuses. Mm. You know, there's a brother, Reverend uh, Doctor William Simmons. He was the president of Kentucky State in the late 1800s. Okay, he wrote a book called Men of Mark, and yes. he had noticed that his students were. He, he to his his words. I noticed over the years that my students were woefully unaware of the accomplishments of men and women of our stripes. So I wrote this book so that they would know that these men, he didn't, he, he died before he finished the one on women, but these men achieved at the highest level, no more than 25 years outside of bondage, them and their parents. If I show my students that they can do it, my students will know that, th- that they also can do it. If these men had done it. And I didn't know about this book, 1300 pages of biography, wow. successful black men published in 1887. How come as a black man, I didn't learn about that till I was almost 60 years old. I mean, that's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of medicine. So now I buy the book and I give it to brothers. I'm like, look, read this. And I even, even successful brothers, I give it to because we have always been the Steph Curry, LeBron James, magic Johnson, you name it of resilience and tenacity. But there's still room for growth. There's still room for even a next level. There's always a higher gear. And that's the wonderful thing that for as much as people say I've done, I feel like I'm just getting started, brother, because yeah, I'm just yeah. figuring out who I really am. Mm. Mm. At 57. Yeah. That's brother. I think what I, I think when I hear that story, I think about, you were 24, you wrote a 60-year plan. That's what I hear. Right? <laughs> wrote a 60-year plan. And then have stayed dedicated to that 60-year plan. And right. that is the interesting thing. I, I, I want to pull out, and, and thank you for illuminating all of that revolution. The men of Mark, I want you, I want you to go and, 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 and read that, right? And I think that's for everybody because... Yes, you and I need to read that book because we need to be reminded of our, our, our of our kings and queens. Uh, my one of my guests, Chris Chapman, who is the CEO of Kingmakers in Oakland, wonderful brother, but he talks about like put your crown on and rock it, right? And yeah. remember that we are descendants of kings and queens, right? Just uh, just just to remember that that my white brothers and sisters that listen to the show that when you are standing beside us and and eating and drinking and playing and and and, and being in our space, remember that we are all of us come from kings and queens, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That yeah. just understanding that 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 we must we must immerse ourselves in the royalty and who we are. Sure. Sure. But that 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 thought around 
I created a 60-year plan based on four constituents. And, and listen to what I'm saying to you, BK. I said okay. constituents, uh-huh. right? These are people that you admire. These are people, right? But there are also people who are saying if they had a chance to look up, not look back to say, you know what? BK is of my ilk. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And so we, we understand that BK is standing on our shoulders, right? And because we win, because now BK gets to win. And as you yeah. said, BK, is that it's not each one, teach one. It is, let me teach as many folks as I can. And Solidify does that, right? You, 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 see, you see how I did that? Solidify. That's nice, brother. Solidify does that. It allows you to teach the masses about the stories right. of our people. And I think that yeah. is phenomenal. But I want to pull back one second because I think it's, it's important to understand if you have a 60-year plan, there's going to be adversity. There are going to be places and spaces where there, there are things that may want to take you off course. Right. How do you or how did you stay on task, on purpose, right? Sure. Yeah, so, so the plan, the, the beauty of having, having it written down is that if something comes up that's trying to take you off course, you look at it. Does this thing help my plan? So let's say, uh, to keep it simple, let's say I, I need to get to box number 10 and I have box number one. You know, Arthur Ashe said, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. So I take my box number one, find box number two, and put that together. Now I'm at three. Then I use one, two, and three to create four. Mm. And then I use those four to create five, maybe jump to six. So before you know it, you've built this scaffolding that gets you to where you want to go. I didn't say it happens overnight. I didn't say it happens when you're dead. You know, when you're gone, I guess we don't really care, but it's in the middle. It's the dash. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, you got a born date and an end date and that dash is your life. And what are you going to do with it? And so for me, I would measure things that came up and put and say, does it help my plan? Uh, young lady want to date and want to have babies? I'm like, no, nah, baby, that ain't on my plan right there. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't do that. It's not about <laughs> we plan. can hang out. We can dance a little bit. We can have some fun. But but this family planning thing, I need somebody to stimulate my, my, my mind and my heart. Right. That's mm. going to make my house a home. I can't just go for the big button smile. <laughs> you know, and so, and so, but what I'm what I'm trying to introduce here with with a little levity is, we should expect things to pop up, and so one of the things that I think is an error is that people focus too much on the problem. Because mm-hmm. I expect things aren't gonna always work out. I I keep my eyes open, mm-hmm. but as long as I have a plan. As long as I am prepared, as long as I have friends like you and a network, as long as I have God, I have enough. I am enough. Right. And I've got this mirror of, of, of excellence and allies that I'm relying on, this rocket fuel. I've got this plan that's a, based on the work of others that, that, and their lived experience. So it ain't no made up stuff. And I'm willing to do the work. And so it all kind of comes together for good. 
And so my experience is instead of focusing on that problem, I'm focusing on my solution. I'm focusing on the win. Where do I need to get to? Don't tell me about the 5,000 jokers that failed. Tell me about the ones that got it right so I can do what they did. (laughs) And that becomes, it's a bit of a mind shift. It seems like it should be the starting point. But because if you you grew up in this society and you happen to have this sun-kissed skin, (laughs) and more likely than not, you've been told the antithesis of what we're talking about. You know, it's a little hard out there for black folks. Y'all don't always make it. You know, you know. Ho- hopefully, hopefully somebody hired you and give you a good job. I'm like what? What? Yeah. What are you talking about? You know. And so, so when people meet guys like us, sometimes they're a little overwhelmed. Yeah. And and then they want to make us exception. Oh, you're special. You're the exception. Doctor Core proof. BK with the JD and the businesses. No, no, no. I'm just a. I'm a person who is as good as anyone else, but I believe in my brothers and they can do it too. And you know why I know that's true? That all of us, if you have a normal function of brain, it's enough because the way they were killing our ancestors, they would kid, knock out a leader, knock out the preacher, knock out the wannabe politician, knock out the guy who was inventing stuff or the guy who was dressed nice because they thought it was too uppity. And another one would pop up. Another one would pop up. And another one would pop up. And so you, so a parent couldn't say, okay, couldn't necessarily pick which one's going to win, which one's going to lose. They had to love them all because it might not see you again. And who knows what's going to happen. People were lynching them and stuff like that. I mean, after the Civil War, I think it was three black people were lynched a day. And then there was a period in our country where every other day, one or two black people was lynched for like 50 years. And so that's some stuff to deal with, but we still kept going. Look at that. We on a we on a, a podcast. We talking about revolution. We talking about what do we do to win to lift each other yeah, up. Exactly. And so I think that I think that what we're going to have to shift is we're going to have to take back cool. We're going to have <laughs> to take back um, our education, the kinds of things that we used to do for ourselves. We're going to have to do a lot more of that through our ecumenical groups, through our universities, through informal channels like this, and the way we tell stories and the books that we write. By the way, my latest book came out, debuted at number one, The Blueprint. Um, and hold, that, hold, hold that up one more time so folks can see that. Okay. Right there, just like that. Look at that. Look how smooth you look. <laughs> look, smooth look. look, look, somebody asked me to write down what's the secret sauce. And so I put it in, I put it in the book. We actually already did so well that we're already writing the sequel. Mm. And um, it's going to be called the blueprint part two, she Rose and heroes, where okay. I'm going to display biographies of successful people of all stripes. It'll be mostly um, men and women of color, but I got some, some um, some other allies in there, the founder of Netflix, for example, got Jeffrey Wright, uh, Leon Robinson, Vivica Fox, a uh, number Love of people like Jeff, that in Jeffrey the book. Wright, He's a great actor. Great, great actor and a, and a great person. And and they um, were, were real with us and they told the story of how they got to where they are. So you got this whole origin story that it wasn't always the big story big name on the silver screen. Many of the actors just kind of started on stage in school yeah, and, and stuck with it. And so, uh, so, so that'll be out probably, probably at least that in 2025, but this year we've got what, four films coming out, 
a Broadway show. We relaunched Movie Pass um, two months ago and um, got the Wiz revival coming back. Our last Broadway show, The Piano Lesson, was nominated for two Tonys. August Wilson. August Wilson Wilson had Samuel Jackson, uh, John David Washington, Danielle Brooks was the highest grossing revival in Broadway history. Mm. And so what's what's kind of funny, people are like, BK, wait a minute. You were just involved with the highest grossing show in Broadway history, and you still working and still doing these other things? Yeah. Why? I got an email from you at three o'clock in the morning. What's that about? I said, I work while you sleep so I can live like you dream. <laughs> you know, I love it. We, we are the dreams of our ancestors. Yes. Yes. And yes. so, 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 but to, to manifest that we got to stop dreaming and get up Execution. and get out and execute. Yeah. Yeah. BK, whew, that's a lot. That, that, and, and you, you are exactly right to think about that, right. To think about, all of this on the on the heels of our answers. We, as, as B. Mike says, uh, the beloved New Orleanian, we are our, our ancestors' wildest dreams. Yeah. And to think about that, right? As you said, we're sitting here on a podcast, right? This podcast is six and a half years old, top 10 globally, simply because I said one day I wanted to have the stories. I wanted, look, wait, here it is. I wanted to tell the stories <laughs> of black men and there people, right, who are doing revolutionary things in the world and to have it memorialized, right? So you can yeah. look back 10 years from now, but like, let me go listen to BK Fulton, right? Let me go listen to Chris Chapman. Let me go listen to Chris Matthews, right? Let me go listen to all these luminary, Turner Vegan, Dr. Um, oh my God. Oh, He's going to kill me. <laughs> it'll come to me. It'll come it, to me. It, it, it will come to me. It will, it will, it will come to me. Dr. Travis Batts, who is my recurring yeah. guest and my, and my good friend, right? All of these things, this, this opportunity to have our work memorialized. So our children, the folks coming behind us can see that we were winning, that we were winning because too often, cause I'm going to get to this story about Stacy spikes in one second. Right. And listen to how I'm going to bring it in. You said too often we hear these stories about how we can't win. We hear these stories about the lack of investment dollars that come into black and brown companies, right? But we know that our companies, right, upon investment, right, are some of the most prolific companies, right, globally. But just yeah. all of a sudden, we, you, you can't build enough. You got, you got to give us this. Where's the revenue? If you remember, to get into the masters, right, um, the brothers – we're winning, but each time the goalpost got moved, it got moved. Well, you needed to win this tournament. Well, you're playing this tournament. Well, I won that. Well, you're going to need to win this. But the interesting thing about it is that when we have the chance to build like everybody else, PK, right. guess what we're building? Yeah. I want you to talk about why it is important for us to invest in Black-owned companies, diverse-owned companies, women-owned companies. Why is it so important for that? Yeah. One of the key reasons is that uh, the, um, the makeup of a company's workforce typically reflects the ethnicity and often gender of the founder. Mm-hmm. It is an interesting phenomenon. I think probably about 80% of the time this happens. And so if we're not creating businesses, we don't give ourselves the license to hire the folks that we want to hire. And so we put ourselves at the mercy of other groups and there, if, if this kind of formula holds, 
then they're likely hiring folks that they know and they think they can relate to and that sort of thing. What I do love about this history of allies and excellence is that there's a shared narrative. And so when you hear me talking about revolution and things like that, I'm not being race specific in that because there's some white folks that helped me, some Asian yeah. folks, some yes. Chinese, some, some, some Jews, some Gentiles. And there's some folk that look like me that at times have tried to pull me down. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, all, all, all skin folk ain't kin folk, <laughs> and, you know, and at the end of the day, you have to be a good judge of character and what are the person's values? How do they treat people? I try to treat everybody like I want to be treated. Yeah. And I pay, but I pay attention, you know, I don't, I don't give you too many times to, to, to hit me upside my head. You know, and then I'm a black belt in five different forms of animal style Kung Fu. So you don't want to awake that part of BK, you know, because you're going to be a, a, a bad day. You know, that's it. Right? <laughs> but but I don't have to leave with that. I leave with love. I, don't, I choose not to leave with my claws. I have them. Right. I choose not to leave with them. Cause, and when you think about it, our folk have all, are, 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 you know, always been talented, strong. Let's like Jack Johnson. All right. One of my favorite uh, ancestors. So Jack. People know him as the great pugilist, you know, black first African-American heavyweight champion, uh, beat the great white hope. But people don't know he was a a beautiful uh, man of of culture and class and the way he dressed. Uh, He was also a creative mechanic. He invented, he he had an improvement on the wrench and got a patent for it. And they called it the monkey wrench to... Um, wow! Insult, insult him, but that's what wow. that from. I did not get know that. that. I did not um, know that. But it, it's a documentary by Ken Burns called "Unforgivable Blackness." And my favorite part: so Jack had, was driving one of his race cars and went past this officer flying. Officer on a motorcycle chased him down. Said, "I didn't know it was you, champ, but that, this going to be an expensive ticket." Now, it's like 1901, 1902, so I think it was like fifty dollar ticket. And back then, that's that's a nice piece of money. And Jack pulled, reached in his pocket and pulled out a wad of money. Uh, uh, here's a hundred. Cause I'm coming back the same way I went through. I'm like, my brother, my <laughs> brother. <laughs> he was like, he knew who he was. I mean, yeah. they had to create an act of Congress to take him down. You know what that was? The Manumission Act. So it was formed so you couldn't, cause Jack had a, he, he had a, a, a bad habit of hanging out with a lot of white women at the same time. <laughs> and so it said the act, the manumission act, you look it up, you're not allowed to take white women across state lines for lascivious purposes. And that's how he was taken down, not in the fighting ring, but in Congress. It's crazy. But, but, but so, so to think about how powerful we are, that you got to get a whole Congress to take a brother down because black people are getting too excited. They're getting too much confidence. They're believing in themselves because they're seeing this warrior take on all our stuff. And that's the fear. I mean, think about it today when some of these cats have fears, they will not replace us. We ain't trying to replace them. We got way higher aims, (laughs) but because, but because they're like, wait a minute, we had our freedom the whole while and we struggling. These cats, coming out and running Verizon and, and, and running investment companies and got podcasts and stuff like that. You know, just like Re- Doc, uh, Reverend Dr. William Simmons said, 
in 25 years, going from bondage to doctor or to preacher or to teacher or to lawyer. Wait a minute. What manner of men are these? Why are we in the United States? If you look back and go further back to our uh, deep ancestral her heritage, then you know, the richest man ever to have lived, Mansa Musa, yeah. and in Africa, and the, and the pyramids, the uh, Benin kingdoms, and all this stuff we can point to, the beginning of language and script and, and alphabet and science. You know, people say, well, 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 the Bible, the Bible. I said, okay, fine. Where's the oldest Bible at? In Ethiopia. It's 800 years older than the interpretation that the Greeks did for the King James. You know, 800 years older. Uh, the Moors ruled Spain for 700, 800 years. You know, but so, so we can go to that. But, but my belief is when people see us, they're often in awe that we can come out of these ostensibly difficult and challenging situations and become not good, but, but the best. Yes. Great. Exactly. You know, and that's divine. It's like what I tell people, um, you know, it's my faith that drives me in large part, but you know, God is more than good. I mean, chicken is good. God <laughs> is great. <laughs> Yes, yes. God is God is great all the time, as we say at the first Baptist at the at the great First Baptist Church View Street in, in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, formerly led by the Pastor Robert G. Murray. And so, all right, all right, amen. But you're right, I, I, and I love, and I just keep thinking about like the, the the power of Black history, right? And thinking about like as I as I as I title this, as I as I title this in my mind. It is an inch. It is a very interesting thing thinking about that. And and revolutionaries, I want you to just to just spend some time, right, going and, and listening, listening to some of the teachings. And I say that you know because at the end of the day, we are teachers. We are people yeah. who find ways to teach. Um, I was a school teacher at one time. One of the greatest joys of my life was sitting in the classroom with my young brothers. They are the ones yeah. who they are the ones BK who propelled me. They're the ones wow. who said, right, when you have, you know, 14, 15 and 16, 17 year olds telling you that you can be bigger than this, Mr. Corpru, that Dr. Corpru sounds much better than that. Even though the, even though there was a great Mr. Corpru who was my father, who did amazing things in the world, but they, my students. And so being a teacher, right, allows us to then go out into the world and to disseminate information, hopefully that allows us to illuminate and revolutionize people's lives. I want to I want to end with this and it, 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 it is completely off topic, but on topic in one way. Like if you meet BK, you know that BK likes likes nice things. <laughs> he likes he likes really and he's positioned it. You have positioned yourself uh, to be able to enjoy nice things. And I remember um, and I've said this on the show before, but my frat brother, uh, uh, Steve Harvey said one time, you know, when he was when he was coming up, he said, buy the first class ticket, right? Buy, buy the first class ticket. He said, because once you sit in first class and, and he said, buy, not, you know, not get upgraded, right? Buy the first class ticket, because once you sit there, you'll never want to go back. And he's like, buy the expensive suit, because once you feel the expensive suit compared to anything else, you won't want to go back. Talk to me a little bit, BK, about 
why why we should sometimes buy nice things for ourselves as a means of motivating us to move to the next level of our lives. Yeah, two two things that are on point. I'm glad you asked that. So so one, not to sound more, but but life is short, and we didn't come here to stay. And you can't take none of this stuff with you. So you might mm-hmm. as well enjoy some of it. I don't say be wasteful, <laughs> but you know I, I think rewards are due. I can't be the dream of my ancestors if I'm not trying to enjoy some for them too. Yeah. And so my granddad's not here, but when he saw my house before he died, he said, you live like the white folk live. <laughs> he said, I, he said, I love this. He said, you make more than $40 an hour. I was like, I make more than 200 an hour. He was like, what? He's like, white folks would come all from overseas to kill you back in my day. <laughs> And and we and, and so he enjoyed. I was happy that he could have that experience. He grew yeah. up in a shack in South Carolina, yeah. King Street, yeah. South Carolina. But he had enough sense to send his family to school. He worked. He was an independent logger. He was buff his whole life from lifting them logs and did independent. Um, and so we didn't come here to stay. So that's one reason why you should treat yeah. yourself every now and then. The other thing is it makes you feel good. And and, and 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 success is not what leads to happiness. It, 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 it it's happiness that means you're successful. Yeah. So I'm happy, and I can be happy with you know one car or two. Mm-hmm. One is enough. I, I happen to have a little more than two, but I like it, and and it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And so what I what I try to tell people is. Um, treat yourself well. When I was in law school, um, I started this tradition of buying uh, a a pen or a nice shirt or a new jacket before a big exam week to reward myself for the performance that I was about to have. Wow. Wow. And then the cool thing was, and I would wear it to the exam. So I'm sitting in the exam with my fresh stuff on, feeling good, Almost to the point where even if I don't do good on the test, I still got my stuff. So it's going to be all right. Right. It's going to be all right. And then what ends up happening, when you take that and you start feeling good about stuff, you, you sit a little different. Your vibe a little different. Your mindset is different. That's what he but said. If I'm sitting there in the exam and I'm all raggedy and don't feel good, embarrassed, and mad because I got to take a test, it's going to show up in the results. That's correct. That's, and, and so that's I go the in there feeling good. I go in there representing my people and my ancestors. I go in there happy and I knock it out of the park. Yeah. It is amazing how that stuff comes together. We play when we playing ball, you're on the court. I was a basketball player. My best games was when I was the most happy. I was in the flow, having a good time. I still remember the plays and things like that, but I didn't let I wasn't trying to be perfect. I was trying to have fun and help my team to win. And so, you know, at this point, our generation has the baton. And it's that early generation that created HBCUs, created the, uh, the Divine Nine, created many of the institutions that we are enjoying today. And I'm like, to my brothers who are now in charge, you got the baton. I'm like, look, we just running in place a little bit. Mm. What are we? Where, where's the, where the banks at? Where's the, where's, the, where's the skyscrapers? Where's the communities? Where's the car companies? Where's the stuff? that our children can get into, our grandchildren can get into. And so 
it is my belief that we've got to run a little harder. We got to grab that baton and we got to do it from a place of joy and happiness. And because tomorrow isn't promised along the way, not when you get there, but along the way, treat yourself to something nice. I, like, I, like I love that. I, I, I love that. I love that. And I think a part of that is getting out of that scarcity mindset that can mm-hmm. sit in sometimes like, you know, and one thing, if you see BK, you'll know, right. His affinity for watches, right. If you, if you know, if you know, and look, I keep seeing, look, I keep seeing you flash that one you got on right now, but you, you know what I'm saying? Uh Oh, you, you know, got your good taste, brother. Hey, 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 I know, look, I know class, look, look, I know class when I see it, you know what I'm saying? No class, but that, that's the thing. And I, I'll tell this story to, to close this out. I remember when I was moving to new Orleans and my father and you know, my father was one of the most well-dressed, classy, just eloquent, well-educated, well, you know, I hate this, well-spoken. Just, he was an, he was, he was a man's man. You know what I'm saying? When, sure. he, when he came sure. to that. And I remember, you know, I remember in my frugality, I was, we were traveling and I had, bu- I had booked, you know, I had booked some three-star hotels, we call it that. And my father <laughs> said, look, he said, my name is Charles Corporal, and I look, I don't care where you sleep, but I will I will not be sleeping in there. So I had to rearrange my entire plans <laughs> right for him. But it was a learning lesson for me then as a young as a young man to say. Treat yourself well. Yeah, right? let me say treat- this. Let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. because It's important. I know we got to shut. We got to shut it down. But. You know, I love what your dad said. It's like we teach people how to treat us mm-hmm. and it starts with how you treat yourself. Yes. If you ain't worth yes. first class, why should somebody else treat you like you first class? There if you ain't worth first class to you. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> no. it, it, exactly. You, you were exactly right. And it was one of the greatest lessons. God rest his soul. That man was amazing. That man was my 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 best friend, my my everything. But he was one of the greatest teachers of my life. And that stayed with me. That, that stayed with me. And so I think about every time where I stay and I think about my dad, my dad is in my ear. Are you now? Would I stay there? Yes, dad, you would stay. <laughs> you, you would definitely. Look, my, my dad, my dad's funny. He wanted to be, I asked him, he wanted to be an extra in one of my films. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'll be in there. Um, I was like, oh, you want to be a slave? He's like, hell no, I don't want to be no slave. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, what you paying the top man? I was like, well, Samuel Jackson's in the next one, and he getting he getting a nice piece of change. I want what he getting. <laughs> I was like, I said what? <laughs> he said, I want what he getting. I'm like, but he is the lead actor. He's like, well, that's good for him, but I'm the top man too, <laughs> and so I want top man money. And so that's how my dad is. And so I'm we laughed. Like, yeah. I said, Pop, I ain't putting you in the film. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pay. I can't I afford you. you. <laughs> but I, I appreciate what you're saying. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. I'm not. Look, I'm not mad at that, brother. Look, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. Uh, how much I appreciate that, you uh, too, our friendship, our budding, our continuing friendship, my admiration for you, who you are as a human, who you are as a leader, who you are you know, as a luminary in all of the fields that you're doing, you know, as, as, as even as a man of my, you know, we're very, we're still very close in age, but sure. oftentimes, oftentimes, and I'll, I'll say this out loud, BK, is that oftentimes, you know, 
there aren't many folks for us to look up to as we as we move up right we're right. we are the people we are the mentors we are the figures that people are looking at and you know to be able to to be able to look up and say hey there's still another perch that i can get to right because i can yeah. see bk up here you know, I can see, I can see, let me go home and, you know, it's not a 60 year plan, but let me, let me make sure that this 15 year plan, right. And I, I can move on down the way. And so that, that's a, that's a wonderful thing for me because revolution is about growth, right? This, this is not about, you know, you know, marring the streets of rioting. This is about personal growth, right? And, and our logo, we, you know, there's an opening in the logo where there's, the, the, it's not a full soaker so, circle, and so there's a beginning and an end to a revolution. Yeah. I think, and we say yeah. this to my revolutioners all the time that once you answer the question right, you are now on this journey, and that journey should end because then you're taking a pause. You're gonna you're gonna celebrate that win when you finish, and then you're gonna start the next revolution. So thank I, you, I, thank you. I, I love that. that can I, may I respond right quick? Please go ahead. So one of the things as you complete that circle. People will see you on the path and they'll say, well, you can't be having any fun because I never see you at the club. (laughs) And then what you have to remember is that, wait a minute, look at my life. Look at these, this nice stuff, but look at this experience. Look at where I am. Look at my beautiful bride or my beautiful partner. I'm having a lot of fun. And by the way, I never see you at the bank. (laughs) <laughs> I never see you at the uh, bank. Exactly. Again, we've got to take back cool. We have. We can't let the folk who are struggling define what the zenith of our experience ought to be. Yeah. It is those of us who are becoming the elders, who have the baton, who have the wisdom and the training. You know, so the best of us have to help the rest of us. Yes. To be who God made us to be. Yeah. That's it. That's the drop the mic point. Revolutionaries, you look, this is a this is a masterclass with D B Keith Fulton, BK, affectionately known as. Please go check him out. Please go check out all the work that he has done. Former former executive of, of Verizon, then turned into media mogul. CEO of Solidified is telling the stories of our people, those positive things that we need to see out in the world that shows us that we can and are winning. You know that I love you and that we are here for you and that we always want you to be able to answer what we think here is the most thought provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? We will talk to you soon and I wish you well. I love you. I love you. I love you. Peace. Peace. Love you too, bro. Um, what's going on with you, brother? How are you? Hey, doing good. Just um, excited about this year. We're dropping four films. We've got a Broadway show coming out. We've released a book, started a new company, got another company popping up. So it's uh, when it rains, it pours. <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the pouring rain. Any I'll take the pouring rain any day. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yes, sir. 
really what I would love for my listeners to get out of it. But, you know, um, I've, I've kind of entitled this show in my mind, kind of like how to retire at 49. But, um, okay. you know, but that's just, crazy. So I don't know if you noticed that I retired at 49 years, 348 days. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Pretty close. And so just telling the story, uh, I've got a couple of questions about how you purposely planned out your life and you know at Virginia Tech I want you to talk about that story that's important to me um making the pivot you know when you retire you're like you know I think the article I was reading in the Richmond and the Times Dispatch about you know I think they started off like you would think that easing into retirement you were like no I'm not easing into retirement I'm about to pivot I'm about to pivot so right right those types of things that's all but okay. let's, let's just have a good time it's two old friends talking uh and yeah. you heard a, you heard a couple of episodes so uh we're on a roll right now with the show and i'm just excited to have you know just high level luminaries like yourself so i'm excited that's what the revolution is